Hello, and welcome back to the Sustainable Brown Girl podcast. This show exists to provide representation for women of color in the environmental space, to highlight their stories, and to educate the masses about how to be more eco-friendly every day. From gardening to thrifting, minimalism to veganism, sustainable business owners to influencers, environmentalists to activists, we are all on a journey to taking better care of our bodies and our planet. I'm your host, Ariel Green. Today's episode is sponsored by Etique, plastic-free hair and beauty bars. More about Etique later. We are all on our own sustainable journeys, but it's great to learn how other people are approaching sustainability. And seeing how people live sustainably in real life can be inspiring. Today, we're speaking to Addie Fisher of Old World New blog and Instagram account to hear about how she approaches her eco-friendly journey as a wife and mom. But before we get too deep into that, I want to remind you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy to do on any Apple device. Just search for Sustainable Brown Girl Podcast and be sure to follow if you aren't already. Then scroll down to the review area and I'm sure you want to leave a five-star review, so go ahead and do it. It really helps us with getting more people to discover the show. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and I will feature it in an upcoming episode. If you're not already, be sure to follow Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and use the hashtag Sustainable Brown Girl to be featured on the page. I love seeing what everyone's up to, their sustainable swaps, their outfit inspo. So I love sharing that on Instagram. Also, if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider becoming a Sustainable Brown Girl patron on Patreon. It really helps to keep the show going on a consistent basis, and you'll get access to some exclusive content. A link to the Patreon page is in the show notes. As always, your support is greatly appreciated. Today's featured sustainable brown girl is Addie Fisher, the woman behind Old World New Blog. Addie is a sustainable living enthusiast and a thrift fashion lover. On her blog and Instagram, Addie shares sustainable living tips and encourages her audience to slow down and live more intentionally. Thank you so much for joining us today, Addie. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yay. So... I always like to start at the beginning. So tell us how you became interested in sustainability. I actually stumbled into it. It was not intentional. Yeah. <laughs> so in college, I majored in architecture and I was very obsessed with restoring old buildings. That's what I wanted to go into. But um, along the way, I kind of fell out of love with architecture. But in the process of studying historic preservation, I learned about sustainability because it was a, a big um, pillar of that field of architecture. And when I learned about it, I just became obsessed. <laughs> yeah. And I fell in love with it and, you know, just started trying to, you know, when you're new and green and you're like, everything has to be sustainable. I was, mm -hmm. I was like that, of course. And, you know, along the way, learned to calm down. But I just went headfirst into it once I stumbled across it. Wow. So... When you were studying architecture, it was more like like building new buildings, not necessarily restoring old ones. 
Yes. Um, a dream of mine since I was 12 was to study in Italy, and I was actually doing that. And what wow. we did for our main projects was um, taking existing buildings, you know, because Italy, those buildings are so old there, and they're reusing them for mm-hmm. hundreds of years. So our projects were based on taking these existing buildings and um, reimagining them. And that's exactly wow. what I love. And I took um, the historic preservation um, elective. And from there, yep, <laughs> that's how it started. Wow. So are you still in architecture? No, um, I okay. worked in it for two years until my son was born. And it was rough because, you know, something I wanted to do since I was 12. And yeah. it was hard to pivot away from it when, you know, I thought that that's what I was going to do with my whole life. But um it's just, it was a surprise, like it led me to sustainability and it's something that I'm so passionate about now. Yes, I love it. I love it. I mean, hey, it definitely, like you said, it led you to sustainability. So yes. if that's the path that you had to take, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't regret it at all. Like my college experience was so much fun. It was yeah. difficult because I didn't realize how much I didn't like it until I got into the real world. Oh, right. Um, yeah. But like I said, you know, it led me to where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Awesome. So now tell us, well, what made you start the Old World New blog? College again. I love my college experience. Yeah. I started an architecture blog for a class project, but then we had a green blogging competition. And mm-hmm. I was already blogging about historic preservation, so there was some sustainability to that. But we had a green blogging competition from our newly established sustainability office on campus, and I won that competition, started working at the office, and then I just didn't stop. <laughs> like, just throwing wow. headfirst into these random sustainable things, and I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, wow. So when you started, or okay, so I guess... Did you turn your architecture blog into Old World New or you just like made made a new one? So it was originally Old World New Girl and it was like, I love old things and I love making things. And so that was, you know, specifically for architecture at first. But now it's just like, you know, there are so many old habits and lessons that we can learn from our elders and from people who have taken care of the earth so well. Like we can learn from them and incorporate them into our lives. And we're seeing so much technology today. It's based on knowledge from our ancestors. Like these are things that they've done before, but now we're yes. like, oh, this is so new. No, it's not new. Which <laughs> just, right. we weren't introduced to it because, you know, we had the industrial revolution and things changed a whole lot. So we're having to get back to those ways so that we can get back to taking better care of the earth. Yes, I love it. That makes so much sense now. I always kind of wondered what your, you know, Instagram mm-hmm. handle and blog name meant. And now it just like clicks. I love it. Oh, that makes me so happy. I always wonder if I like, tie. I don't know if I tie it in very well on my about page, because it was, you know, it's very specific to architecture. But now it also applies to, you know, sustaining the earth. Yes, yes. So you like thrifting. Um, tell us what did you did you were you thrifting as like a child, like an adolescent, or is it something that kind of came on in your older years, your adult years? So, garage sales, rummage sales, yard sales. I loved them as a child, yes. and my granny would take me to them. And I remember like distinctly, like she'd give me five dollars. And one time, I t- found um, 
two ballerina dresses, like for a dollar each. And I have these like, <laughs> they were too big, but I was like, okay, I want both of these dresses. I'm taking them home and I'm wearing them for no reason at all. And yeah. like just going and I just love old stuff. <laughs> Hence mm-hmm. the name is I love old stuff. So yep. going and rummaging through someone else's belongings when they're, you know, getting rid of them and going to a new phase of their life, you know, I get to find these treasures and incorporate them into my life. So I've always loved it. Um, my older cousin introduced me to thrifting and I remember like my first thrift store trip and getting a Winnie the Pooh shirt. I was so in love with it. And it was my favorite color. It was green, green stripes with Winnie the Pooh sitting on my chest. I was so happy. And um, when I got older, you know, high school, I didn't think about it much. But in college, for a college student, I had to get back to the thrift store. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I remembered how much fun it was and how much you can really, you can find treasures in the thrift store. So, yeah. College, that's like the running story. My college experience was pretty fun. yeah well where'd you go to college the university of arkansas nice do you still live in arkansas now i'm in texas oh okay Mm -hmm. awesome so for people who may be new to thrifting i feel like you know most people have done it before but i think some people kind of feel overwhelmed by it so Mm -hmm. do you have any tips to offer people who are you know kind of new to thrifting or just aren't in love with it (laughs) Yes. If you can go with a friend who already thrifts, that's how we have, like some of my friends and I have converted other friends into thrifters, like lifelong thrifters now, um, just by going with them and showing a little direction. Um, When you go to the thrift store, have a list, but don't have high expectations Mm. because you never know what you can find. And you have to remember thrift stores are not department stores. Everything is not where it's supposed to be. So if you have the time, look everywhere. But if thrift stores, you know, they can be overwhelming, even for me sometimes. But um, if they're too much for you, thrift online. There's a lot of secondhand options available online from Facebook Marketplace to um, ThreadUp, Depop. There's so many different apps and websites that people are selling their own secondhand items or sourcing items and selling them to you. Yes, absolutely. So aside from your Winnie the Pooh shirt, what have been some of your like most prized thrift finds? Oh, okay. So <laughs> vinyl records are definitely one of them. I love finding vinyl. Oh. And I, <laughs> I have a specifically, it's difficult to find vinyl of Black artists. So mm-hmm. when I go, I search for Black artists. And this is at, you know, like old thrift stores. Usually there are a lot of Christmas uh, gospel and country vinyls. So if mm-hmm. I can find a black artist amongst all of that, it's very exciting to find something. Yeah. Um, I I have specific clothes like this shirt. This is one that I wear a lot. I love Cute. summer outfit repeater. <laughs> Gotta be. Yeah. So um, I have a couple of shirts that I just really love. And a couple of years ago, I became obsessed with the color mustard yellow. So I have a pretty nice secondhand mustard yellow collection. Nice. <laughs> I like it. Are you an advocate for a like capsule closet? I am not because I'm not that organized. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I applaud everyone who does it. And I say, if you can go for it, because yeah, yeah it, you can, you can overconsume at the thrift store. 
I've done it before and I've had to like cut back. There was like a whole year where I didn't shop for myself. Um, <clears throat> I've shopped for my son at the thrift store since before he was born. Like mm-hmm. we get the majority of his clothes there and I get the majority of mine there as well. It's hard to, harder to find clothes for my husband because he's like a skinny dude. <laughs> uh, so yeah. um, when we can find something for him, it is exciting and we, you know, we go for it. But for myself, I had to slow down because I was just like, Ooh, you know, it's a dollar. It's half price day. I can get everything I want and then it just sits in the closet and it's a mess. So you still have to be concerned about overconsumption at a thrift store. You know, you have to be mindful about that. Yes, exactly. Another thing that I noticed when I started thrifting more was that by determining my personal style, it helped me to like buy less things, you know, because it's like, okay, is this going to match what I have in my closet? You know, like, do I really like the way this, this style, you know, fits me, you know, because like you said, you see things that are cheap and, and they're cute, but it's like, am I really going to wear that? You know? Yes. Understanding your style matters so much. And I think um, my overconsumption was in a period where I was trying to figure out my style again because mm-hmm. previously I was thrifting business casual because I was in an office all day and then I became a stay-at-home mom and then a homeschooling mom and then also trying to um, just feel good about what I wear but be comfortable because no matter <laughs> what that is my number one <laughs> rule I need to be comfortable oh, yeah. about. I don't even wear it. Like I tried to wear heels recently. I was like, what, why, (laughs) what is this torture? (laughs) What is this torture? Why do we do this to ourselves? Um, but like comfort is number one. Um, like, and then style comes after and it has to be comfortable enough to, you know, run around at the park or at the museum all day with my son and then also like just sitting at home I have to get cute sometimes because I can get in a rut just sitting at home you know we're doing school and then he's playing all day and I'm trying to cook and everything but I still want to be cute sometimes so my style changed and I had to figure that out and hone in on it to stop that um overbuying yeah trying to figure out everything (laughs) right yeah that's so important Special thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Etique. With it being Plastic Free July, you may be thinking of ways to cut back on plastic in your daily routine. One great sustainable swap to make is switching to solid shampoo, conditioner, and beauty bars. For months, I've been using Etique's Professor Curl and Curlosity shampoo and conditioner bars that are specially made for curly hair like mine. Now they have concentrates that can easily make plastic-free liquid shampoo and conditioner for those of us who can't be bothered with traditional bars. Etique is more than just plastic-free, with all of their products being sustainably sourced, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate positive. Their entire mission is to regenerate the planet through products, packaging, and practices that give back much more than they ever take away. To learn more, visit etique.com. That's E-T-H-I-Q-U-E.com. Thanks for sponsoring this episode. So let's talk more about being a sustainable parent, you know? So you said that you've been thrifting for your son since before he was born. Yes. Tell us more about, you know, about that and how and how you've come to be a, you know, like what being a sustainable parent means to you. Okay. 
Um, so in the beginning, I was very like, okay, I need reusables, glass, and uh, secondhand clothes. And for the most part, it has stayed the same. You know, we invested in good products and secondhand products early on. We gladly accept hand-me-downs and we give hand-me-downs as well. I have a nephew who's one year younger than my son and he gets excited every season to get a box from us and it makes me so happy. My sister's like sending me pictures of him wearing my son's outfit and how he's excited Aww. about them. I know. <laughs> it is the cutest thing. So um, from the beginning, I knew that I wanted to cloth diaper and, mm-hmm. you know, well, that was... Ooh, six years ago. <laughs> Seems so long ago. He's still my baby. But um, everyone was kind of, are you sure? I'm glad no one was like, oh, no, don't do that. Everyone was just like, mm-hmm, Addie, or they call me Danielle. Danielle does her own thing. So I guess <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Uh-huh. So at the baby shower, I, you know, there are certain games that involve um, disposable diapers. So I turned them into cloth diaper games and it introduced everyone to them and it made it fun. Everybody was like, I'm still not changing it. That's cool. But this is really cool. <laughs> I, I'm applauding you. And, you know, the cloth diapers of the past were very hard to keep clean um, and just tedious to take care of, but cloth diapers now are totally different. So that's something that a lot of people got to see and experience for the first time. Um, because I was the first person in my family to use cloth diapers since I guess I was a child back when they were mm-hmm. different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. So how was your husband with the cloth diapers? Cause you know, I had Lacey from teach go green and we talked a mm-hmm. lot about cloth diapering. And, um, you know, I think she she said her husband was kind of on board, but it took a little time for him to get used to it. So how was it with your with your husband? Like everyone else is just Addie is going to do what she does. So y'all better get on board. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he was iffy about it at first. And I kind of was too. I was like, maybe I'll have a time period um, where I just use disposables at first. And I did for like the first week and then I started slipping the cloth diapers in there and it was just so easy and natural to do it. And it was just no big problem. We established a routine about washing. You know, if I'm changing the diaper, he's going to rinse it out and vice versa. And we had all the tools we needed so that it wasn't difficult. We had the bags to store them in so that it wouldn't just be, you know, dirty diapers all over the house. Mm -hmm. We had the routine to get them washed quickly uh, sit down and stuff them together because the kind that I use they require stuffing and it was just you know I thought this was weird at first but there you go making weird stuff fun again <laughs> yeah. yeah right old world new yes <laughs> <laughs> I love it and like you said that was six years ago and I'm sure back then I know I've seen like in the past two or three years like more people talking about cloth diapering mm-hmm. but like six years ago I'm sure that not very many people were talking about it so how not how was that publicly it wasn't on yeah. social media like that but there right. were very niche Facebook groups Facebook groups okay. for natural parenting and sustainable living have like they were a godsend very early on um breastfeeding you know so I'm trying not to use formula trying not to overdo with bottles 
and then cloth diapering there were groups that were specifically for how to clean them because they can get really messy they can start to smell like ammonia if you're not doing them right if you don't understand your water it's a lot of science behind it that you need to understand in order to make uh, to have a successful cloth diaper journey and those groups like made a world of difference for me because I wouldn't have known anything that I need to know like my water pH level (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah wow so that really really helped yeah yeah, that's awesome. Having a community where you can talk to people about stuff is like the only way that you can really get get things done. <laughs> Truly, it's game changer. Yeah. So what are some other things that you do as a sustainable parent? Um, like I said, oh, so we did cloth diapering, thrifting, mm-hmm. glass bottles, um, just being mindful to not overconsume. I was really worried. <clears throat> I didn't want to find out the gender because I wanted to be surprised. But also, I didn't want to be like uh, there uh, to be a barrage of pink and blue things. I was just so anti that. So like, you know, if it's a little girl advice buying all these little pink frilly things and if it's a boy, they're buying all these machismo, your girl, like your girlfriend's looking at me stuff. And I was like, nope, I don't want any of that. I don't want anything to do with that. So not finding out the gender um, caused a lot of people to not want to buy clothes. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a surplus of, you know, newborn clothes and like he's three months and outgrowing him and hasn't been able to wear all these clothes that other people buy. And I think that was, you know, it was kind of sneaky on my part, but I was really thankful that I didn't have all that extra stuff. We just had the gender neutral stuff from the thrift store and a few things that people bought like yellow and green. It was really yes. simple, didn't overbuy. Um, and I think that's really important to state like, you know, to the people who support you the most and who are going to be there at the baby shower. Like, I don't want all of these things. I want to keep it simple, buy a cloth diaper. Just one's fine. If everybody buys one cloth diaper, I have a stash, you know? Yeah. Um, And now as he's getting older, it's all about like really talking about being sustainable because he understands Mm -hmm. it. He -hmm. understands the banana peel goes into the compost bin. And then when I'm slacking, (laughs) he's like, Mom, why'd you put the banana peel in the trash can? <laughs> so he's catching on. So this is yeah. normalizing this for him. And in a way, this is stuff that was normal for me as well, um, like at my grandparents' house, because they had a garden and farmed all their life. And, you know, it's like you put the food back into the land. You don't put it all into the trash. If it has grease in it, it goes in the trash. But if it's like a watermelon peel, you throw it out in the garden. And that becomes good soil. Not necessarily composting, but it becomes, you know, it goes back into the earth. And now I'm just like more intentional about it. That was just like, this is what we do. We throw the scraps out into the garden. You feed the dog with the other scraps. You just put it in the trash, you know, using every part of something. And now I have books that I can use to talk to him about that so that we can have actual conversations about it. I can model the behavior and sit and talk to him about it. So yeah, now it's just a lot of actually speaking to him about being sustainable because kids understand things. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. And that's great that he's helping to keep you accountable too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My little accountability partner. <laughs> right. So cute. Um, oh, I, I wanted to touch on how you said that you didn't want to know the gender uh, mm-hmm. of your baby before they were born. Like I feel the same way. And I, you know, cause I think that 
I like everyone's going to buy everything pink and blue and stuff. So that's amazing. So did you not find out until he was actually born? Yep. yep. Wow. It takes and reminding. Feel... Oh, go ahead. Uh-huh. No, no, you go. Oh, it takes reminding your, um, your birth team and everyone else, depending on what route you go. Like if you go to the doctor, it takes reminding everybody like, hush, don't tell me. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah. Every time it's like, shh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How did your husband feel about that? He didn't want to do that at first, but yeah. then he was on board. And so so funny, like we were like, if we have another kid, I was like, maybe I want to know. He was like, no, nope, I liked it last time. So now Aww. we're like, okay, <laughs> we're going to keep going with it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Oh my gosh. Like literally that is like one of life's biggest surprises. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so amazing. All right. Now you are a instagrammer a blogger an influencer and i think it's so important to have more sustainable influencers because you're helping to spread the word about you know living a more sustainable life and environmentalism and and all that so you know you have quite a few followers on instagram now and a successful blog do you have any tips for people who are looking to you know be a sustainable influencer mm-hmm. Definitely. Consistency is one thing, but there's a balance. There's consistency and grace because I've been consistent to the point where I started to not like it because Mm -hmm. it was overwhelming and I wasn't giving myself grace. You have to give yourself grace. And um, if you're tired, take a break. It's, it's honestly like disheartening to see how the algorithm kind of punishes you, even though they say it doesn't, but how it punishes you if you're not consistent. But if you are building a community of people who are, you know, there to be real with you, they'll understand. Uh, And I say, keep it real. That's one of my biggest things. It's like, I just want to show people the real of everything. It's fun to be glamorous, but it's not also glamorous. And, and I just want people to know that like, you know, being sustainable is fun, but it's a change. You know, if you weren't raised that way and you're trying to get into it as something new, it's, there's a learning curve and there's something new to learn every month because there's so many things being developed. There's so much news around it in the government and the UN, everybody's like trying to, there's so many forces at play trying to make our world more sustainable every day and that that's from the smallest level like kids organizing street cleanups to somebody you know going to speak in front of the senate about something like all these little parts matter and if you are someone who is wanting to influence others like your part matters too just be real about it um build a community of people and it'll be fun just make it fun have fun with the community that you build. Yeah, absolutely. Do you um, work with brands often? And if so, like, how do you determine what types of brands to work with? Um, I do work with brands often and I just try to research them thoroughly because a lot of people say things (laughs) that aren't true. Like people will come to you like, oh, we have this new sustainable shoe and you go to their website and there's nothing on their website about sustainability or they'll say sustainable one time, but there's no evidence. And so I just learned to find the people who have the evidence 
like whether I approach them or they approach me, I need to see the work behind it. And I, I like to think that they did the same when they vetted me and they wanted to work with me as well. They saw my work and saw the proof that I am someone who really is into sharing true sustainable solutions, whether that's a baking soda hack or a hundred dollar shoe. Like I want, uh-huh. I want to be able to share it no matter the level so that it is accessible to everyone. But yeah, definitely do your research because some brands are like over the top excellent and you learn so much from that one brand. Like I can go to Seed. Have you heard of Seed, the symbiotic probiotic? No. I, it's, a, it's a symbiotic. So it's a probiotic and a prebiotic together. Okay. And in order to be able to be on their affiliate team, I had to take a class. And the class is wow. in Instagram stories form. So it's not a class class per se. You're not taking notes. You're looking at Instagram stories and taking a quiz. So it's fun. It's beautiful. The science is, it is well researched. Um, Recently, they they did a book with, um, there's a brand called A Kid's Book About, and they have a different subject. So they did a kid's book about the microbiome because that's what their study is all about because of the probiotics in your gut and your microbiome. So they are constantly putting in the work. So I'm like very proud to represent them and share them when I do. And, you know, the research is there and they've proven it time and time again. They continue to prove it. So that's the kind of brands I hope to always be able to work with. Yeah, right. It's so important to, like you said, vet these different companies that are coming to you because anyone can say anything, you know, (laughs) and if, you know, if we're trying to be sustainable and, you know, encourage other people to do the same, like we have to do our due diligence to make sure that we're representing brands that are truly doing the work. Yes. So um, I, you talk a lot about on your blog and whatnot about living sustainably on a budget. So mm-hmm. what are some good ways to, you know, protect your pockets while, you know, transitioning to a sustainable lifestyle? I think that's where the old school stuff comes in. Like yeah. these old school hacks, ask your granny and your aunts and uncles, like what they did to, to get by, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of our, our elders had to, you know, make do what they had. We have so much access to things these days. And they didn't have that same access. So like baking soda. Baking soda can be used all over the house. You can use the baking soda to, uh, you can pour it on your mattress and vacuum it up and it helps clean that up. You can scrub things with it. Like if you, or even like salt, if you want to clean your um, wooden cutting board, salt and lemon. You don't have to go out and buy a special solution for it. Salt and lemon and a little bit of oil. You have all those things in the kitchen. And then you can, you know, take the lemon peel, put it with some vinegar, sit it under the cabinet for two weeks, and you have a cleaning spray that you can use mm-hmm. on certain surfaces. Like, make the most of what you have already. And if you don't know how to do that, get on Google, ask an elder, and you can find out how to do that. <laughs> Come to yes. my website and you can learn how to do that too. I have a couple of hacks there. <laughs> exactly. Yes, you do. So do you have any favorite sustainable products, either something that's like a DIY or even something that you've purchased? Actually, choose one. Choose one one thing that's like a DIY and then one thing that you've purchased that okay. are your favorites. 
So a favorite DIY, hmm. I think the simplest one is cutting up old towels. Like I hadn't thought of that <laughs> before, but when I I saw someone else doing it some years back, I was like, oh duh. <laughs> like <laughs> okay, okay. I had some. I'm notorious for keeping things forever. Another reason why I don't have a capsule closet. I don't like to get rid of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I had a pair of pajamas from junior high, my SpongeBob pajamas. Like I have pictures in these pajamas <laughs> when I was a tween. Yes. And two years ago, I was finally like, okay, too many holes. I'll stop. But I cut them up. And now every time I put them on my Swiffer, I'm like, hi, I still have my SpongeBob pajamas. <laughs> so you use it on your Swiffer? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. This is wow. exciting to me. I, I guess I'm I'm very nostalgic. Love old stuff. Yeah. And I have a lot of like love for nostalgia. So I yeah. get excited to see SpongeBob still, even if it's on the bottom of the Swiffer. <laughs> yeah. So that's I love one it. that's like super easy and it's a way to divert waste from the landfill. And also like I don't have to buy rags for gross cleaning. I can buy my cute rags for my hand towels because we use um we don't use paper towels, we use cloth towels. So I can mm-hmm. buy cute rags for that. They don't stay cute long <laughs> because the yeah, spaghetti right. sauce will ruin anything. Yep. But I'll have that for that. And I'll have, you know, my old towels and old clothes for cleaning up. So that's one homemade. Um, one purchased sustainable thing that I really like. I'm going to go back to seed because they also have a sustainable system. So they mail your first probiotic batch in a um, a case that is like completely recyclable. It comes in a cardboard case and the cardboard case has, instead of foam, it has a mushroom part thing that holds everything in the correct place. And so mm-hmm. I broke that mushroom thing down and put it in my compost bin and like it's composted. It's, you know, it's used for something else now. And then the bottles are glass. So each month they ship you a, a refill in, it looks like a paper um, a paper bag and it's lined with something that's silver. So it looks like it's not recyclable, but it's compostable. And wow. it's like all plant-based. So not only were they thinking about like your insides and taking care and regulating your gut health, but they're thinking about the earth as well with it. So it's like I'm I every time I every time I think about them I'm just really amazed about how much was put into it. It's just really cool that they not only thought about your body but they thought about the earth because all of this works together. The earth impacts yes. us, we impact the earth. And like a mushroom holder that's you know it's not foam. It's just really it was really cool. Really cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that does sound really cool. They sound like an awesome brand, like all around. They're thinking about everything. Definitely like holistically sustainable. Yes, exactly. Um, so you keep mentioning your compost. So tell me more, like, how do you compost? Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 2020, I was supposed to take a master composter class because I have my compost tumbler, but it's not turning out right. So I'm putting the stuff in there, but it's something I'm not doing that's not right. And it's like, there. I think maybe I'm not putting enough water in. I don't know, but I was really excited to take the class. 2020 happened. Didn't yep. take the class. And it's finally back this year. So I'll be taking the class. But I have gotten like a little final product out of it before, but just like not consistently. 
So this Mm -hmm. is one of those learning curves um, (laughs) that I'm still on. But um, yeah, like we we have a lot of fruit and vegetable scraps and we put them in there, balance them out with the the browns. And sometimes my balance is off. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm still learning and it's been fun um, because I'm learning alongside my son as well. Like he right. sees it, he, he put it together with, he, he helped put it together <laughs> in his mind. He, yeah. he was there as we put it together, as we started using it for the first time, you know, he was old enough to see the difference of things going all to the trash and versus going to the compost bin. And um, even like in our yard, we're kind of mindful of like, even if it doesn't go in the compost bin, we have a pile where like all the if we're cutting vegetation down we put it into this pile so it's going back into the earth and yeah. I think that's probably what I'm most excited about is just like modeling this for him being the example and hopefully like he won't <laughs> hopefully you know he'll see me going through it and the learning curve for him won't be as bad right exactly mm-hmm. yeah you're teaching him while he's young so that he can like already have those values and habits instilled in him. Yes. And that's something like, um, I think intergenerational learning, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot as it come, um, as it has to do with living sustainably. I wish more words had been said from my grandparents, but I know that was not of their generation, not my family. They weren't talking about things. Like when I asked my papa to teach me how to cook, he was like, you can watch. It's like cool. So mm. I watched and I learned. But he did not sit down and give it a step by step. Okay, first you do this. He's like, nah, you can watch. <laughs> I see. It, it right. worked. And I learned from them by example. And now for what I feel was lacking for me for the, the what's the communication, I'm able to do that with my son. So I saw them, you know, putting plants back into the earth after we ate from them. And now I hope to learn so that I can understand it in my own brain, not just, you know, this is what we do, and then be able to explain that completely to my son. Right, right. Yes, that's amazing, Addie. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. I, I love that you are, you know, encouraging people to be more sustainable, like through the way they're living and through parenting, because it's so important, you know, as you obviously know. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate all of the work that you're doing. And thank Thank you you. so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you. I've I've enjoyed it. Yes. So our last question is, what does being a sustainable brown or black girl mean to you? Oh, it means, it means freedom. Like, I find so much joy in nature and I feel like in everyone's own way they can too because not everyone like I was barefoot in the rocks on the lake building fairy houses catching fish scaling fish like I'm from the country Wow, (laughs) I was doing that and I know a lot of people aren't that way but I love to see when people still immerse themselves in nature in their own way you know if you go glamping cool you know, whatever works for you. But to me, just being able to be in tune with nature and know that the actions that I'm trying to instill in myself and in my child and in my household, they're for the greater good of nature. It's it's freeing. 
So that's what being a sustainable black girl is to me. I love it. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. And tell everybody where they can find you online. Thank you. So you can find me on my website. It's oldworldnew.us, not .com, .us. That one's a little confusing. And then on Instagram, it's oldworldnew. Yes. So please go follow her on Instagram. She is always sharing tips and like fashion inspo and it's just a lot of fun and then on her blog she shares like so much good information about pretty much everything we just talked about and more so you will not be disappointed thanks again for joining us today Addie. thank you thanks again to atik for sponsoring this episode learn more on atik.com or click the link in the show notes if you want to keep the conversation going, follow us at Sustainable Brown Girl on Instagram and Facebook. Check out the website at sustainablebrowngirl.com and send any questions, comments, or topic ideas to podcast at sustainablebrowngirl.com. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Donate to Patreon if you can, and be sure to watch the full video interview on YouTube. Until next time, let's continue to make better choices for the health of our bodies and the planet. Thanks for listening.